Sago, welcome to the podcast series, Sacred Teachings. I'm Ginny Doctor of the Mohawk Turtle Clan. The first series will explore the meaning and importance of the natural world to the first peoples of this land. It is our responsibility to live in harmony and balance with all of creation. In this time when young people across the globe are calling out for justice and for all of us to stop destroying our natural world, we offer to you some wisdom and reflections to inform and inspire the way forward. This is Sacred Teaching, Wisdom of the Land. I want to begin by telling you a story uh, that happened about 1988, I guess, maybe a little bit before. But my grandfather was my spiritual person, the person I always went to for advice. And he would always call me up at various times when I was at work. And most times he just wanted me to go to the store. Uh, sometimes he wanted me to run different kinds of errands for him. But he called me up at work and it was a fall, warm day. And he said, can you come and see me? I said, sure. I said, when? He said, well, as soon as you can. I thought, oh no, something has happened to him. So I immediately got in my car and made the drive and it was such a beautiful day. So when I got there and I heard his voice coming from the porch, so I went out to the porch and there he was. He was sitting with uh, some of our white corn, which is a very precious staple of our people. And he was um, husking it. And he looked at me and he said, I want to show you something. I said, okay. <laughs> so he told me to hold out my hands and to think good thoughts. So I held out my hands and I thought good thoughts. And my mouth dropped and he, he chuckled. He said, is it moving? I said, yes, it's moving. And it was a little bit freaky because I hadn't expected that. But this air corn was moving in my hands. And he said, open your eyes now and look at it. And so I did that and the corn, corn had stopped moving and I looked at it and he said, you see how it's not full? The cob is not full, there are kernels missing at the top. I said, yeah, I can see that. And he says, that's because the world is coming to an end as we know it. So I said, well, what can we do about it? He said, it's because our balance is being corrupted. We aren't living in a good way with every living creature. It's not what we can do about it, it's what you can do about it. What can you do about it? And so I didn't have an answer. I said, I'm gonna to have to think about that. And he says, yeah, well, think about it. But that story stuck with me for many years and I gave it a lot of thought. And not too soon after that, I wrote a little piece about 12 ways we could uh, reduce our our emissions or reduce or get back to a simpler life because that's what it was about. It was about things like riding a bike to work instead of driving a car. You know, driving a car when I had to, but riding a bike at other times. Simple things like that. 
because our balance had definitely been corrupted and we needed to find ways to restore that balance so that we could live in a good way with all creatures. And we have to remember that all creatures are a gift from the Creator and that every creature has a purpose for being. And sometimes that purpose is not something we like, but still they have a purpose. I was sitting with an elder on the Yukon River in Alaska. He, he told me the story of the mosquitoes because I had told him that the mosquitoes were terrible that morning when I went over to, to visit with him. And he said, oh yeah, those mosquitoes, they got worse. He said, they, I think he meant the state or the government, sprayed all of these mosquitoes trying to um, kill them so they wouldn't be so pesty. And so he said, well, yeah, they killed the mosquitoes, but then what happened was the birds ate the mosquitoes. And then the birds died. And the birds were put there to balance out the mosquitoes. So we've lost that, so we lost that balance. And, see, and then he said, and now we have more mosquitoes than we ever had in, in our lives because of what they did. So it's man trying to do something, trying to have dominion over things that man has no business having dominion over. So those things need to, uh, need to come back to us. We need to remember to, to respect all living creatures and, and to respect what they give us. And I think one of the most sacred moments I, I ever experienced on the Yukon River was watching an elder cut fish. And the Yukon River is um, known for its salmon, its king salmon. Some of the best salmon in the world is found there. And she was cutting the fish and very reverently. And when she was cutting it, her lips were moving. And I tried to move in closer to see what she was saying, but she was talking in her language and I believe she was praying the whole time she was cutting that fish. She was giving thanks for that fish being given to her so that she could cut it and she could feed many people with it because the salmon was about three feet long and it would feed, feed a lot of people. So then she used every part of the fish that she could, even, even the heart and um, the cheeks of the fish. So there was a bucket uh, close to her cutting board and she filled it with everything that could not be used. And so when she was done, she looked at me and she said, you're strong, you take this bucket and, and put it into the river. Do it gently and pray when you return. And so after I did it, I you know, just gently released all of the parts that could not be used into the river and I was saying a prayer, being thankful for that. And then I turned and around and looked at her and she, and she uh, shook her head yes. And she said, that's good. She said, you did it just the way I would have done it. So that taught me that we really need to respect what is given to us. And the sad thing about it is that now because of climate change and because the rivers are getting warmer, the salmon are getting scarcer.
So here we have, I don't know how many villages along the Yukon River that cannot harvest the fish that they are used to harvesting because they're just not coming as far. And then you hear reports of fish, salmon, going, going way up into the north part of Alaska and in the Yukon Territory as well because the, that's, they're looking for cold water uh, to spawn and they can only do that in cold water. And I heard this one woman remark at one time, here I sit by a river full of salmon and I have to buy frozen minced fish to feed my family. And that's really sad. But that's what climate change has done. And there are other stories of climate change impacting our indigenous communities as well, such as, you know, climate change has really changed the migration patterns of the moose and the caribou and other animals that people harvest for sustenance. Because living in those remote areas, you have to depend on what you can harvest from the land in order to survive. But if you can't access them, if you can't get to them, because they're seeking colder weather, and then you can't harvest them. And so you have to eat foods that are not good for you. So that's just some of the impact that climate change has had upon indigenous people that I know of. Uh, but I'm sure there are many other stories that can be told. But in this short time, that's the story I want to tell. I hope you enjoyed these teachings. For my list of 12 things you can do to take care of Mother Earth, check back for a midweek special podcast.